This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Welcome on into another edition of Gwen and Chris. Tony Gwen Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. I'm here in St. Louis. They are in San Diego at the Odyssey. <laughs> Odyssey Did you almost say Arizona? I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. It just went blank for a second. Um, nonetheless, uh, Padres get a victory. Uh, first victory on this road trip. Um, 4-1 was the final. Blake Snell it was in Cy Young form. Uh, once again, pitched outstanding. And uh, as grim as the season has gotten, he has been really the uh, the brightest spot uh, so far uh, for the Padres and has a legitimate chance to win his second Cy Young. Uh, yesterday was a was a really, really strong performance, Chris. I'll tell you one thing. The good news is Blake Snell has pitched as well as he has. The bad news is Blake Snell keeps pitching the way he has because he's you know, going to be a free agent, as we know, and he's priced himself completely out of whack for the Padres to have any chance, I think, to bring him back next year. Uh, but I, I said it yesterday. He's got to pitch lights out in order to keep up with Spencer Strider, keep up with Zach Gallen and the Cy Young race. Zach Gallen got hit a little bit last night in L.A., yeah. so uh, he took a step back. Uh, Blake Snell took two big steps forward. It'll be interesting to see whether the voters vote for the guy that has pitched the best or they vote for the guy that is the best pitcher on the best team because team, right. Strider's got 15 wins, Gallon's got 14 wins. Both those teams, uh, we know the Braves are going to be in the playoffs. Diamondbacks might be in the playoffs. We know the Padres aren't going to be in the playoffs. I don't know that that you know precludes Blake Snell from having a chance to win this because I think he's been the best pitcher in the National League statistically and otherwise since May. So. You know, he he he, uh, he put himself uh, right there squarely back in the mix last night, and that was nice to see. And it was, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I had a little warm spot for Matt Carpenter last night. This guy is... Oh, for sure. For I sure. mean, he has gone through, basically gone through hell this year. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't perform well, so that's why he's been in the situation he's been in. But I can't remember any major league ball player actually sitting on the bench for more than a month without really getting their name called at least once to play. And then for him to go back to St. Louis, Bob Melvin put him in the lineup, a beautiful standing ovation. Those fans in St. Louis say what you want. They're as class as anyone in, in all of sports. And then to have him go out and get a couple of hits, knock in the first run of the game. So I was very happy for the night that Matt Carpenter had as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, I have... Um, the behind-the-scenes look to see a dude who struggled like he has, yet has continued to work as though none of that matters. Like I've, he's been out here early every day, trying to basically stand ready for when his opportunity came. Um, he was able to uh, get some knocks yesterday, and I'm sure that had to feel good doing it after a standing ovation here in, in, in St. Louis. So, yeah, man, I, I agree with you. It was it was nice to see Carp Cup be able to have some success out there. Padres get a victory. Um, after that, not much really changes. Um, tonight, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go at it again. Seth Lugo on the mound. He'll go up against Zach Thomas. Uh, excuse me, Zach Thompson. And so, you know, Padres will see what happens uh, when they lay the chips out. Lineups have just come out. Um, pretty much the same uh, as yesterday. The bottom's a little different. I take that back. We'll go uh, leading off. Kim. Soto, 
Machado, Tatis, Bogarts, Cooper, and then it changes. Uh, Capisano, Batten, Azokar get the start tonight. You know what's interesting is uh, the controversy that is starting to percolate a little bit about where the Padre guys have hit in the batting order all year. Oh, this is a controversy. Yeah, I think it started to become a little bit of a controversy, and I'll tell you why. Because the Philadelphia Phillies dropped JT Real Muto down to the seventh spot, and they okay. dropped Trey Turner down to the eighth spot. And Padre okay. fans are starting to notice that some of the struggling stars on other teams have been put lower in the lineup and the Padre fans have now said, how come we never did that? And I have an answer for the Padre fans who ask, how come we never did that? Because I think the Padre fans feel like Bogarts and Soto and you know probably those two more than anybody else, Manny and Tatis to a certain extent, but those guys may have balked at being placed lower in the lineup. And first of all, we don't know that they would have balked. Second of all, we don't know that they weren't asked. or We don't know. But here's my answer to why the Padres never made a change with those guys. Because the guys at the bottom of the lineup were doing worse than the guys at the top of the lineup. There was nowhere to move. There was nobody to move up into the three or four spot if you were going to take Soto and Bogarts, etc., out of those spots. So I, I think Padre fans right now, to a certain extent... Uh, you know, realizing that this is going to be a lost season, are, are trying to find a bunch of scapegoats, and they're trying to blame, you know, Bogarts and Soto for being, you know, thinking that they're bigger than the team. And I just think that's erroneous, and I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I'm not even going to address that. Not going to even not, go there. That's, huh? <laughs> that's not even a real. Th- it's not a real. Th- it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. Wasn't a possibility. Um, whether they at I don't even know that there would be reason to ask them to move. Who, as you said, outside of Ha-Sung Kim. We went over this yesterday. Yeah. Outside of Ha-Sung Kim, and, you know, based on the numbers last year, I mean, Trent Grisham? Yeah, what were you going to do? Put back those, to, those, you going to bat Camposano fourth? I mean, I, I, I don't know what people Nola. wanted. Austin, by the way, Camposano was hurt for most of the year. Yeah. No, so, I, like, I, I know. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking out loud. Yeah. This is, is that's this is not this is not a thing. Um, you look at that Philly team. The reason why you they moved Riamuto down in the lineup, Trey Turner, who has recently started to hit, is because they had struggled. Right, Juan Soto is your second hitter, leading hitter on the team in terms of average, whatever statistic you want to look at. <laughs> you know, really, he's second or first in in pretty much every category. So you want to move him down to seven? You want to move Bogey? Maybe there's an argument that you could have dropped Bogey down when he was not swinging the bat well. He was in, and he was dealing with the wrist injury. But after that, I mean, that's and even then, he still was hitting better than the folks that were hitting below him. So that's it just not a thing. It's, no, it's it's just not. Well, I, I, I I'm bringing I'm it up because that I, think I actually are... gave it that much time too, honestly. Yeah, well, people have been trying to make it a thing, and I want to try to nip it in the bud. I, you know, I, to me, Tony, we're going to get a lot of this moving forward, though. I mean, yes. whether it's that, whether it's you know the front office, whether it's Bob Melvin, whether it's you know the attitude of the players, whether it's the you know uh, support cast on this, whatever it is. People are going to try to come up with excuses for why this team hasn't performed as well as it has. And as we said yesterday, 
I think we just got to start accepting that this has just been a bad season and leave it at that. And you got guys like um, Bob Nightingale has really been on the Padres, just crushing oh, them yeah? for absolutely well, we said, everything. We said this is this is we said this yesterday. This is what happens when you lose. there's expectations and you don't reach those expectations. It's yeah. so here it comes. And I, I, what's the new Bob Nightingale thing? Oh uh, well, on Sunday he said. Um, Quote, you think Xander Bogarts would have signed with the San Diego Padres if he knew the team had no heart and openly quit during games? What? Yeah, that's what he said. That's, really? That's a throwaway statement. No, Who said this? No one said this. This is just Bob's Bob's opinion, opinion being right. put there as fact. Well, yeah. you know, what, see, the, 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 here's the, the, the medicine in that right here, right? This is, this is how he, he sucks you in. And then you, you read that and you're like, huh, I wonder if Xander said something to him. Yep, that that's right. Made him think that, right? That is the bait that they use on that. He never said that. He never. I mean, it, Bob never said that. But he's leaving your brain to take you there, and now you start to like feed into that. And so you know, that's yeah. that's just a throwaway line. Yeah, I, I apparently every team that is expected to be good that doesn't have the kind of success that they're supposed to just obviously. Qu- and that seems to be the storyline that everybody comes up with. And it's just not, it's not true. I, you know, I brought this up many times in the past, but let's go to college football for a second. Alabama apparently tries. Vanderbilt apparently doesn't try. And it's just I knew not those true. People were just, it's just not, not true. Alabama's just far superior to Vanderbilt. This season, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Phillies, the Giants, they've just been superior to the Padres. That's it. This whole notion that the Padres haven't tried, that the Padres don't care, I I mean, tell that to the... Tell that to the dugout that Manny Machado tore apart the <laughs> other day. Ready, just get ready to say that. You know, I, right? I just I, and because it, it, it seems know, like Chris, such a convenient only... thing for people to use as an excuse that you know, and the manager hasn't motivated them, and they just don't. This team doesn't care, and they're just a bunch of overpaid this and that. Uh, you know, it, it's just they, a lazy, none of them were that last year. Argument. It is. It's a lazy argument. You can do better than that out there. If you if you really want to try to find a reason, then try to dig and find something new that we haven't heard before. These players are the same ones that were in the postseason last year with a chance to go to the World Series. It was the same manager. It was the same front office. They apparently must have cared last year. It's hard to believe that, that Cronenworth just didn't care this year. Really. I mean, no, he just <laughs> he got his money. This year. That's why, right? Yeah. He got his well, money. No, that so doesn't start until next year, anyway. So, he, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm so, putting it off until next year. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was ta- I was getting my hair cut this morning, and, and the girl who cuts my hair, she was like, "What is wrong with the Padres? Like, why are they? Why are they so bad?" And I I basically just said. Maybe they're just having a bad year. Maybe it's just that. Like, no one can accept that maybe it's just a bad year. It, there's no blame. It's just a lost year. I mean, listen, inevitably there's blame, right? Inevitably there's a reason okay, yes, why, yes. from a statistical standpoint, right? Just from that standpoint yeah. alone, there's a reason why they didn't play as well as they are. Now, why the numbers look the way they do there's not always a reason for it. Maybe it's mechanical. Maybe it's mental. You know, who who knows what it is at this point. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter, right? Because next year, assuming they stay together, they'll have a chance to rewrite the whole thing as they did the year before. You know, and that's just how that's how it works. Sometimes I'm not saying, listen, there are cases where there is a clear disconnect 
between teammates, between you know front office to to manager, whatever the case be. There are cases where that is the, that is ultimately it. And but that doesn't mean all of them, all of the non-successful stories, are based off of that. The Padres there, there are, are a, there are other things. Yeah, the Padres are a plus fifty six in runs scored this year. They've scored fifty six more runs than they've given up. That to me is not a team that didn't care and didn't try. It's a team that had a lot of things go against them this year. Uh, to be six and twenty in one run games is absolutely incredible. I, I don't think you could try to do that. It's not like you you got into a bunch of one run games and said, "Hey guys, let's find a way to lose this one." To have the runners in scoring position statistics that they had is almost impossible to do, and yet the Padres found a way to do it. To lead Major League Baseball in quality starts and yet not win as many games as they've lost, that's hard to do. But none of those things indicate to me that the team didn't care and didn't try. Yeah. No, as, as we've already kind of beaten to the ground at this point, that's, that's just the easy argument and thing to, to say. When things don't go right. Right. A, somebody got their money, they don't care. B, the game's just, they don't love it, they just, you know, they're collecting a check. C, uh, you know, whatever whatever the other reason. I mean, but we all know that that's not exactly how you operate in your daily life. It's not exactly how things go to you. And so the same thing should be applied. Just because they get paid a, a crazy amount of money to play a game doesn't mean the same things don't apply. Yeah. And so, but we're going to um, hear it about a thousand more times between now sure. and next season. Un- for unfortunately, sure. for sure. Um, I just, you know, you know, who who knows how how this all will unfold during the off season. But it's pretty clear that this year it just it didn't go the Padres' way at all. You know, and so you know, there's that. All right, uh, short show today. Uh, game same time. What time's the game today? Six seven ten. No, no, six, no, it's uh, six six oh five. No, four forty five our time, six forty five your time. Tony, make sure you show up for the start of the game. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> It'll be at six forty five. You're almost home. You're almost home. I was, I was, I was in the ballpark, trip, man. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let, let's get to break when we come when we come back. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Quinn and Chris and everybody out there searching for reasons as to why the Padres did not get it done this year. We'll keep talking about potential reasons, but I think, Scraby, you've come the closest. It's just a bad year. It's just a bad year. 221 is the time. Chrisello and Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony will rejoin us here in a few minutes. For the Big Five, he's in St. Louis uh, running around getting ready for tonight's broadcast. Padres and Cardinals... Two teams, both of whom were supposed to be in the postseason this year, and neither of whom will be in the postseason this year. This hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by BalancePro.org. Are you worried that you're going to lose your home? Ooh. The uh, Balance Foreclosure Prevention Team can help provide assistance and info to guide you to avoid default and foreclosure. Call to schedule an appointment at one 888 Four five six two 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 seven. I think you should jot that number down if you need it. One eight 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 four five six two 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 seven or villain visit rather balancepro.org. Coming up on the program today, like I said, or Tony said, it's a short show. We'll only be here till about three thirty. 
But some big NFL news and notes to pass along to you in a little while. The uh, rosters were trimmed down to 53 men today around the league. So there's always some interesting names that get cut. Former Pro Bowl running back was among those. Let go today. Another superstar running back will not be playing, at least for the first month of the season. So we'll uh, give you all the NFL news and notes in a little while. Also going to tell you in today's Daily Gambit about a remarkable, remarkable, and I mean like you may want to lock this away in the vault. My performance? Performance by one Matt Scraby in the Daily Gambit. That is coming up in the (laughs) 3 o'clock hour today. But I, I saw it with my own two eyes. I recorded the results with my own pen and paper, and I still don't believe it. I, I don't believe it either. I absolutely do not believe it. Wait till you hear just how incredible Matt Scraby was in the Daily Gambit today. Uh, speaking of Matt Scraby, he just tweeted this out. So if you are uh, follow our show on Twitter, you already know this. But if you don't, or if you weren't looking at your phone, because you're driving and you shouldn't be looking at your phone... I have good news for you. We're going to give away a Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead doll. We're going to do it right about now. Coming up on September the 5th, when the Padres take on the Philadelphia Phillies, the first 40,000 fans to that game. It's Tuesday, September 5th. First 40,000 fans are going to be eligible to receive the exclusive Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead as presented by Petco. The bobblehead features El Nino's smooth swing and celebrates the silver slugger. It's the final bobblehead offered this season, so don't miss out. Purchase your tickets now Tuesday, September 5th. That's next Tuesday, by the way. I know it is. A week from today. The item is limited to the first 40,000 fans in attendance, and it's available on a first-come, first-served basis, so be sure to arrive early. First pitch next Tuesday night is set for 6.40 Pacific time. Gates open 90 minutes prior to that. For more information, visit Padres.com slash giveaways or just win one now. Then you don't have to worry about the the hustle and the bustle. That's true. You can win a Fernando Jr. bobblehead doll right now. All you have to do is dial in and answer the following trivia question. Now, when Scraby picks up your phone call, all he's going to say is, do you know the answer? <laughs> That's so creepy. It's do kinda, you know the answer? It's kind of creepy, but we don't want you calling in and then asking what the question is. We don't call you. Don't be calling in and hemming and hawing. Get the question. Come up with your answer. Then dial in to 833-288-0973. Here is today's rather difficult question. Fernando Tatis Jr. has hit two career postseason home runs. Unfortunately, we'll very unlikely not add to that total this year. But he has hit two career postseason home runs. All I have to do is dial in and name one of the two pitchers that Fernando has hit a postseason home run against. Name one of the two pitchers out there that Fernando Tatis Jr. has hit a postseason home run against. 
the first person who dials in 833-288-0973 with the correct answer will win the Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead. While you're doing that, we'll step aside for a quick break, then come back with a big five. Hey, congratulations to Stuart out there. Dialed in, got the correct answer. Not an easy question today. Name one of the two pitchers that Fernando Tatis Jr. said a postseason home run off of. The pitcher that Stewart named, Cardinal right-hander Daniel Ponce de Leon. The other, Cardinal right-hander Giovanni Gallegos. That's right, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit both of his postseason career home runs in back-to-back innings in the same game. It was game two of the uh, 2020 Wild Card Series. I was at that game. It was yeah. insane. Padres rallied for an 11-9 victory. They were trailing 6-2 to two going into the bottom of the sixth inning, facing elimination. But uh, Fernando homered in the sixth inning, homered again in the seventh inning. Padres came back, won that ball game 11-9, eventually won that series. So uh, those were better days those, for the Padres. Yes, those were better days. Yeah. Um, real quick, because I have a lot of great questions for you okay. in the Big Five. So we're going to start a little bit early. But I wanted to say to the gentleman that I accidentally hung up on, I apologize. You, I answered your call, and you had something to tell me, and I hung up on you instead. So I apologize hmm. for that. All right. Just wanted to say that. That was not nice. I don't want people to think I'm hanging up on them for no reason. That was nice of you to apologize. Well, I, I, I should. Might as well apologize after you do something that's not so nice. But all right, I'll give it to you. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to you and then give us the big five because Tony's ready to go. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only... Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, today in the Big Five, we're going to talk about the 49ers, but I'm going to stay out of it. We're going to talk about something that happened at Coors Field last night that is ridiculous. And then we're going to talk about the MVP and what it actually means. So we got some really thought-provoking Big Five subjects today, or so you say. Oh, you're yeah, gonna we'll you're find, gonna say we'll find out. You're gonna say it's thought-provoking. But let's start number five with this. On the way home last night, I drove by Snapdragon, Snapdragon Stadium and thought about why the season opener was so poorly attended. Chris and I talked about that right before we signed off yesterday. The stadium is nice and new. I like going to games there. It's in the same spot as the last football stadium. The team is competitive. So, Tony, why do you think SDSU football has such a hard time drawing fans? Um, I, I think for a couple of reasons. And they don't all connect to this, this season. I think this season is, is a, you know, a blank slate that's not yet to be written. Um, they haven't been the most exciting team to go watch play, even with all the success that they've had. Um, it's not necessarily the, you know, the the way they've won in the past is by beating you down defensively, running the ball down your throat, um, and just out physically, out being more physical than the other team on, on most. That's how they have gotten to this point. Um, where they are at the program, I don't know that that is something that people want to sit down and watch though. Uh, you know, it's not the exciting, you know, 
deep passes, you know, mid, you know, mid, mid passes, small passes turning into long runs. Um, and, and I think that you know, there's San Diego has, let's be honest, has always had a little bit of you know, show me first, and then you know, I'll start to kind of pour me pour some money into it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. always kind of been like that here in, in Diego. So. Um, yeah, I, I think as the season goes, they continue to have success. They'll start to see their attendance uh, spike up a little bit. But, um, you know, I don't know that this is anything different than we've experienced before. Chris, why do you think that SDSU football is such a hard time drawing fans? Uh, I have three words for it. Uh, the words are Mountain West Conference. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I, I think that's the answer. I, I, I don't think that the Mountain West Conference intrigues any of the fans. And uh, just in general, uh, the likes of New Mexico and Colorado State and, uh, and, and UNLV and, you know, on down the line, Nevada. Um, I think Boise State gets people a little fired up, uh, but there's too many Utah States, you know, in this conference. Um, and, and I think it was the same way when they were in the WAC, pretty much the same teams, Wyoming, etc. I don't think the, they move the needle. Their opponents move the needle. Um, and I think that people have just, over the years, have just become given, gotten into a general malaise with the Aztecs yeah. and the schedule they're able to play. It's not the... None of why people don't go to Aztecs games is the Aztecs' fault. I, I mean, I, I, I hear what Tony's saying, and it would be fun to have an aerial high-flying circus a la yeah. the Air Coriel Chargers and etc. But to me, it's still about winning games, and that's that's what they've done for the last decade: is win games. They've gone to bowl games, but even when they go to a bowl game, they never get to draw an opponent from a power conference. They draw Middle Tennessee, they draw you know El Paso, Texas El Paso, whoever. So you think I mean, it's solely on their opponent and who they're? Playing. I really do. I, really? I think it's the opponents that keep people from going to the stadium now. Uh, a lot of people with the Snapdragon Stadium are saying the the, the tickets are too pricey, uh, and they're charging you know a, a, quite a bit of money for tickets. Well, that's but, an issue. But that's it might be an issue, but that didn't explain why people didn't want to come when they played at Qualcomm Stadium. And then people said, well, it was the stadium wasn't nice enough. Now the stadium's too nice, and the tickets cost too much. <laughs> the one thing that's constant is the group of opponents that they've got to play over the years, and I. I I, I just don't think it's their fault, and and to to be so close to exiting the Mountain West and being in the Pac-12 and being in uh, in basically the professional ranks of Division One college football, and then have it snatched away through no fault of their own is just a bad break. And uh, I think all they can do is try to win games and put the best product they can out there. But for some reason, this this community doesn't seem to care. I, for one, loved going to games during the, I think his name was Tom Craft days, because there was no one in the stadium and cheap beer. That's why I loved uh-huh. going to those yeah. games. Well, okay. A lot of losses, too, during that Yeah, time. a lot of losses. I didn't care what was happening and those, on the field. And, and, and those were high-flying games, but they lost all of them. Mm. So, I just four. don't know. I just don't know how that, I mean, when you look at the Padres, for instance, like they've been drawing the way they've been drawing for the past two seasons, three seasons, really, going back to the opening of the second half, they haven't 
produced any titles, but people still go out and watch those But the guys Padres play baseball at the highest level you can play at. College football has a separation. There's the SEC, there's the Big 12, there's the Big 10, the ACC, and then there's the rest of college football. And I think that San Diego would like to see its college football team at the highest level, like the basketball team, which has a chance to win a national championship. The football team doesn't. Wow, guys! I'm, I'm glad that we was, started. That's to... a, it's a good point. I just you know, I don't know that the attendance changed when Arizona came to the yard last year, and that was like opening. Then that the that opening, was opening day, yeah. opening and, and game. People use the weather as an excuse. Well, that I day, was there, so. and it was very hot, but it wasn't the Aztecs' fault. <laughs> Again, nothing. I don't know ever... that, First of all, I don't know that any of this is uh, is the Aztecs' fault. You yeah. know, even even them playing the style of football that they play isn't necessarily a fault. They're kind of adjusting their roster to what they. You know what they do best, or yeah. what the guys do best. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it is the fact that they don't play any. I don't know. Yet. I think it's probably a little of everything, it, mm. but for whatever reason, it's not a cool thing to do. All right, yeah, we got to move on. Number four. Last night at Coors Field, something happened that made me question my faith in humanity once again, guys. Ronald Acuna Jr. was in right field before the bottom of the seventh inning when he was first approached and hugged by a fan who had his phone out and was attempting to take a selfie with him. And as security guards tried to pull the first fan off of Acuna, a second, more aggressive fan, scary-looking fan, sprinted into everything. Acuna ended up on the ground, not a big deal, prompting Braves teammates to run towards the incident. And this was pretty crazy. So here is Acuna after the game talking about the incident through his translator. And it's kind of a mashup of different questions, but you'll understand. I was a little scared at first, but, you know, I think the, the fans were out there and asking for a picture, but um, security was able to get there, and so I think everything's okay. Everyone's okay. I think there were three of them. Uh, I saw someone else somewhere. But anyways, the, the second guy, he was asking for a picture too, and uh, I really I, I couldn't say anything to him because at that point, you know, security was already there, and uh, we were already kind of tangled up. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, the truth is, I think the fans are in the stands, and I think at any moment, you know, they can charge the field. And uh, I say the important thing is that we're all okay, and I hope they're okay too. So that was Ronald Acuna's translator talking from Ronald Acuna. And uh, this is actually pretty scary, and I can say that fans are ruining it for fans. So, Chris, what do you think that, or how do you think MLB should handle this? I don't know what you can do. I mean, uh, you already. I mean, look. Well, this is done on Dick Monfort's ground, so I'm not going to blame Dick Monfort for this. Oh, I, I mean, thought you were going to jump on it with me. Why would Why would I blame because the you hate owner? Him. I do hate him, but what What did he have to do with a couple of idiot fans running out onto the field? I don't I know. Mean, I just thought that was an easy like piggyback. Like, yeah, it would be an easy piggyback if it made some sense, but okay. it doesn't make any sense. I, I can't. I can't blame the owner of, of baseball teams for stupid fan behavior. This is all okay, over sports. All right. Okay. I mean, this is not. <laughs> no, just, you walk down here. You got to. I don't you know. Eat this. Say, I, I assume Chris was just going to. I'm go not. Right ar- with it. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just making my point, and I'm not going to blame this one on an owner of a baseball team. I mean, this is ridiculous. They've they they do everything they can to. You know, keep fans, uh, keep players and everybody safe. I mean, the the only thing left to do is to put chicken wire up around the stadium to separate the fans from the field so that there's no access at all. And I hope that they never get to the point of having to do that. 
but I, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, you check. I mean, look, you have to go through metal detectors to get into stadiums, but apparently some lady hid a gun in the folds oh, of her yeah. fat and got into the <laughs> Chicago White Sox game last week, and her gun went off, and two people were injured, including the lady herself. Yeah. yeah. Now, somehow she yeah. got a gun into the stadium. Well, they weren't thinking to check there. I, I, but I mean, no. In but between I, I, the folds, Chris. I wouldn't check there either, but I'm just saying that. They're going to have to check now. It's getting just so dangerous to do anything. This isn't, this is not a sports thing. This is behavior, people's behavior being out of line in all walks of life, and baseball's now included, unfortunately. There's no safe place to be. Tony, how does MLB handle this? There, there's not a solution for everything, and the, you know, and so the couple weird, crazy fans run onto the field. They want to give a hug and get a, a, a picture taken. It's just, <laughs> it's just common sense. Like you're not allowed to do that. Don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to be worth it when they prosecute you for trespassing, and now you have fines that you have to pay for, and all kinds of whatever else comes from. Um, the legal issue of running onto the field. They, they they put like a big thing on the board before the game starts about running onto the field, you will be prosecuted, all of that. And so, you know, we don't hear about it, but there's consequences to that. You, he'll, they'll find out the consequences as uh, it hits their pockets and, and, you know, maybe jail time. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but this is nothing Major League Baseball can do. You know, you, the scary part is for the player, right? Because yeah. fortunately, those fans were harmless. Ultimately, they just wanted a picture. But what if you know he he came out there and tried to take a swing at that? Or worse, right? Uh, uh, yeah, God, you know, I, I don't even want to think about worse, especially with the whole sneak of the gun and the um, the folds. The folds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. There's nothing. I don't know that base, major league baseball can can do anything about this. Well, I hope people leave Ronald Acuna Jr. alone because he's got to complete my fantasy championship season. Oh, so. listen to you. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was really scary. And the second guy looked like he had he had crazy in his eyes. So number three, I can tell. You, you I can, can tell. see that. I can tell. <laughs> I'm crazy. Fellow crazies can see other crazies. Ah, I see. I see. Um. All right. I'm going to stay out of this one to make sure I provide the most unbiased environment for your guys' answers. The 49ers quarterback situation has been well covered over the last few years, and one of those quarterbacks is now in Las Vegas, and Jimmy Garoppolo joined SI now and was asked about the Trey Lance trade, and here's what Jimmy G said. The music in the background is because of Sports Illustrated, but here it is. What did you make of the, the Trey Lance trade to Dallas? Weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Just to leave it at that. But uh, you know, I'm happy Trey got another shot, man. How do you think San Francisco's handled those, those quarterback situations? How do you think they've handled them? <laughs> I think it's been messy. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it. So Jimmy G playing, uh, being a little political there, but while saying things without saying things. Tony, how do you think the 49ers have handled their quarterbacks for the last few years? And my mic is off. Um, terrible. Quite frankly, <laughs> they have butchered. They, you know, the crazy part about it is they have butchered this, but really gotten lucky in some ways that it worked out the way it did. You traded however many first round picks to get Trey Lance. 
Uh, to no fault of their own, he gets out there, he breaks his his leg in the second game after a year of, of watching, by the way. Um, and I think ultimately in that time frame, uh, the, the head coach decided that he didn't think he had it, which is the reason why they moved him ultimately, right? Um, and then I think on the on the on the flip side of that, though, they have they have butchered it. They butchered it with Garoppolo the the first time. I mean, they butchered it with him a couple times, but the first time for sure. Um, and then you know you you get lucky because you draft the the very last pick of your draft. You get Brock Purdy, who turns out to be at least to this point a pretty good pitch, a pretty good quarterback. And so um, I don't think they've handled it well. I don't know what people would expect Jimmy to say. Uh, they, they ask him that kind of question, especially considering how much he's been involved with it personally. I'm sure there's some raw feelings there. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any way you could frame it that they have handled this situation in an ideal fashion. I don't even want to ask, Chris, but how do you think the 49ers have handled the quarterbacks the last few years? Well, I think they've handled the quarterbacks as badly as they've handled every other position well. And, right. I mean, it's right. really unbelievable. I mean, you look at the 49ers. I mean, they, they, they found a way to get Christian McCaffrey and add him to the football team. They added, you know, they picked up Debo Samuel in a trade. They are in a trade and draft. They drafted George. I mean, they've done everything perfect. They have the best offensive line in football. Yeah. They have the best yeah. defensive line in football. They have the best defense in football. They have the most weapons of any team in football. And yet they've destroyed and bungled their quarterback situation so badly that the best they can do is be runner-up in the NFC Championship game every year. I, you know, it's amazing to me. I mean, you know, John Lynch, you know, just from just right up the road, uh, has to get an A plus plus for how he has general managed this team. No doubt. But he has to get a D minus for the quarterbacks. And see, but this, this, I'll go ahead, finish, Chris. No, I just, it's just, it's hard to imagine. I, you know, I mean, if the if the 49ers even had a decent quarterback, they probably would have won multiple Super Bowls by now. And you know, it's interesting that you know Garoppolo was kind of ran through there. But, I mean, they gave him an opportunity where he wasn't going to get one in New England, so I don't know what he's really all that upset about. Um, I, I, it's it's mind-boggling that you can make that big of a mistake and still have a good team. It really is, because most franchises in the NFL where games are decided by coin flips, if you made an error that big, your team would be in the cellar for three or four years. So, you know, the, first, that's, that's first, it. They've done a great job everywhere else, terrible job there. I want to double back and tell Sal Scraby two of the three questions have been fired so far, man. So you're you're on to something about your early Wait, statement. Wait, which one's not the good question? I think it was the last one. Really? Wait, which one was the last one? The Ronald Acuna. Yeah, you wanted him to be, you wanted Chris to be mad at the owner. So yeah, it yeah, wasn't. Oh, that doesn't have to do with Dick the question. Yeah, you, you changed that whole question by that tone oh, that you had there. Ha. But these other two have been pretty good. All, All right. right. Here's what Chris was talking about is, is spot on. But I would, and this is this is anecdotal. I, I don't know this to be fact. But I would guess, you look at all the positions on the field, especially on the defensive side, is as good as you get. I would say that's probably all Lynch and his scouts, right? He, he guy knows football. The one spot where I think Kyle Shanahan would have the most say is on the quarterbacks. And it does seem like he has the old shiny object kind of attraction 
right? It was Jimmy Garoppolo. You guys remember Jimmy Garoppolo was like the shiny object was that was available. Guy. He went and got it. Then the shiny object got a little dirty. He went to the draft. He went and got somebody that he felt was the was the dude. At least that's what we assume, right? That shiny object got dirtied up real quick, and he just happened to find like this diamond in the rough. And, and, and he gets should get a ton of credit for it because I'm sure he has. Knowing the offensive guru that he is, he probably has all the say when it comes to that position. And that is the only position so far that has really stopped him from winning a Super Bowl at this point in one shape or form or another. All right, good job, guys. I don't disagree Just move with on, Scraby. You, I'm moving you on. did well to stay out of it. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Number two. We got to move a little bit faster, though. But Sorry. It's okay. These are great That's what happens when you bring good questions exactly. to this show. Exactly. Uh, I was reading a post from Major League Baseball earlier today talking about Mookie Betts becoming the odds leader for National League MVP. And I started reading some of the comments, and one stuck out to me that was actually pretty smart. The post said, when is someone going to discuss the most valuable player should be uh, looked at based on how much a guy contributes to his team versus what he costs his team. That's what valuable means. If you think about this for one second, it's not even close. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the most quote-unquote valuable player, obviously because of the money that he makes. He doesn't make as much as some of these other superstars. So, Chris, we That's are going to discuss this. What do you think about this? I think that uh, the most valuable player trophy has gone to the best player in the league, the guy with the best statistics and the most impact for as long as I can remember. It just so happens that it's named the most valuable player. And we ought to stop reading into the word valuable and trying yeah. to figure out what it all means. Wait, it, it's, it's, the word valuable is right there. I know it's in there, but it does that doesn't describe the award. The award goes to the player with the best statistics who has the most impact on his team. That's too long of a title. <laughs> so they call it the most valuable player. I, 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 don't ha- I don't think anybody's paycheck enters into it. And I don't think the word valuable enters into it because if it valuable was what it meant, then you'd only be going for somebody that a team can't live without. And I wonder if the Braves could live without Ronald Acuna. They have so many other superstars. Could the Dodgers live without Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman? Maybe not both of them, but one of them. I, you know, Valuable to me is somebody you can't live without. Both the Dodgers and Braves have so many good players that they might be able to live without these guys. So... Uh, this is a, this is kind of an. I know you think this is a big thought provoking question, it is. but it's kind of an old tired question. Oh wow! People have been debating oh, wow. valuable versus best for thirty years and forty years now, and they will continue to do for uh, so forevermore. Wow! I just got insulted for my question because yes, you it's did. a new question for me, so it's a oh, new question okay. for others as well. Tony, what do you think about this? Um. I think that Chris is spot on. Okay. Um, I, I, I think, you know, I get that the word is valuable, but there's a bunch of history that sets precedent over, precedents, excuse me, over, <laughs> over what the actual meaning is, right? We got a long history of, as Chris said, of the, of the award being given to usually the very best player who has the best overall statistics um, during the season. Now, occasionally, when it's tight, and really depending on the year, it sometimes has appeared that the the standings have had an impact on it as well. 
right? Occasionally. Not all the time, but when it's tight and you get down to, you know, two or three guys, that sometimes seems to be the, the deciding factor, but not all the time. Mainly, the one thing that's that's consistent is it goes to the best player who had the best year overall. Um, so, you know, people just got to, you know, Get with the program, right? And the other thing you, that Scraby has okay, to do is get... we have to move on. Well, one last thing. You have to we get have with to the... move on. You just have to get with the idea that Acuna doesn't get the award because he's on your fantasy football baseball team. <laughs> I, I understand that, Chris, I'm almost I rooting. Do... I'm almost rooting against him at this point. <laughs> I do believe that about he him is so the much. best player in the National League. You, I you know, know you why do. you believe that? Because, he, because, because I watched him all year long. Right. He got off to a, an unbelievable start. And he's still playing good baseball. The fact is, there are guys like a Mookie Betts, like a Freddie Freeman, that have gotten extraordinarily hot and have made it a different conversation. Well, according to David Ortiz, Mookie Betts shouldn't even be in L.A. He should still be in Boston. So. Well, that's, well, that's that, not Mookie's fault, well, and that doesn't, so, that doesn't so even he matter. he has to be eliminated from the award because <laughs> yeah, David Ortiz because that? his heart is in Boston, not in a National League city. Number one. So let's have an embarrassing number one for me, <laughs> and hopefully you two as well. I was walking walkie this morning, and we were stopped. He was just resting. I was resting. I didn't think anyone was around me. And I started to talk to him and tell him how good of a boy he was. And I said things like, does my big boy like his walk? (laughs) So, you both have dogs. Tony, how do you talk to your dog? Don't. You That's right. I forgot about this. Dogs can't talk. And, uh, you know, I might say, I might say, what's up, Axel? I might say that. All right. All right. But you, you won't you won't catch me asking like real questions like I'm gonna get an answer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Chris, you have Kylie, and I have heard you talk to Kylie over the phone. So be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I you know I mentioned uh, ask her if she loves her dad uh, quite often. <laughs> How do you do it though? Oh, it, it's in a higher pitched voice than that. <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll throw in fake words, though, in the high-pitched, loving voice. And she does the same thing. She does the exact same reaction. <laughs> so it's not, it doesn't matter what the words are. I think it's the tone of the voice that matters. But All right. Yes, I can, I, can, uh, I can agree that I do uh, silly talking to my dog all, right. all the time. Last thing I also say, where's my lucky man? Okay, that's getting a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> All right, you know what's not uncomfortable? My betting last night in the Daily Gambit. You'll find out why when we get back on 97.3 The Fan.